Welcome to Variety Community Podcast. This month, we're discussing healing our communities, tribute to National Wellness Month. Uh, there's a quote from Margaret Wheatley. She says, there is no power for change greater than a community discovering what it cares about. Today, we have a new guest, Dr. Alan Licka. Is that correct? And saying well, Licka? Licka is how I pronounce Licka? it. Licka? Sorry. Licka. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insight on this topic. Thank you for having me. It really is a privilege to be here. <laughs> well, I always I always feel like my um, when I think about podcasts, everyone looks at views and downloads. I just look at how the guests want to keep coming back. So you may get another invitation later on, Dr. Alan uh, Laika. Uh, yes, correct. And, and you know, if you have me back, I'd be delighted to come back at any time. I want to share with those listening um, a disclaimer. If you're in the United States, they just started the 988 Suicide Crisis Lifeline. If you, if you are in crisis, if you wherever you are around the world, resources are different. Resources are different for each individual. I encourage you to find what is out there. There is a, I always say, Doctor Allen, um, that. People say it better than I, and that's totally fine. Uh, Confucius, a long time ago, said it this way. The man who moves a mountain begins by carrying away small stones. What comes to mind when you hear this? You know, that means to me that this has got to all start with baby steps. Yeah. You know, you can't do it with giant strides. Mm-hmm. All life starts with baby steps, and it, you can take those tiny little steps. I think Confucius all also said, a journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Yeah. So that I think is where you have to start it all. I think, I think sometimes, you know, it's nice to have, I'm not to to discredit those big milestones, but a lot of times in recovery, whether it's physical, mental health or what have you, it can be discouraging when you're having those little steps, when you're like, well, I'm not making as much progress as what I think I should. But when you understand that the progress these little steps matter. They all built to something. I really appreciate. Um, you know, life is kind of funny. Sometimes it's one step forward <laughs> and two steps back. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's a funny dance that goes on. So I don't want people to be discouraged when they're mm-hmm. trying to make some progress. Mm-hmm. Quite often, you'll take several steps and not see anything happen. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you'll see a huge amount of progress after a given period of time. So that shouldn't be a reason to discourage you. You shouldn't keep moving forward. And if you keep moving forward, you will make progress. I want to ask you, Dr. Allen, would you mind, you know, your new guest, would you mind sharing a little about yourself, what uh, your story or brought you, what brought you here and what you're doing today? Sure. You know, I was a leading cosmetic dermatologist mm-hmm. when in 2003, my life changed abruptly. I was walking with my wife in Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. (laughs) And and my wife turned to me and she said, what's wrong with you, hon? I I said, dear, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, listen to your foot. I said, dear, again, I don't know what you're talking about. That's one of the funniest things you ever said. She said, your foot, it's flapping. And so I listened to my foot and my right foot had suddenly and mysteriously developed a right foot drop. 
Mm. It was flapping on the pavement with each step I was taking. Mm. Now your brain is programmed so that your foot lifts up with each step you take. Mm. Mine wasn't doing that. It mm. wasn't doing the thing it was supposed to do. My wife said, did you have a stroke? I, I said, dear, I don't think so. If I had a stroke, I'd be lying on the pavement muttering something unintelligible. Mm. Well, she said, you know, you need to get this checked out. When you get back, you better get this checked out. <laughs> Now, when your wife gives you that ultimatum, Robert, what do you do? You, you do what she says. <laughs> you do what she says. You know what's good for you. You do what she says. So I got it checked out. And, you know, I went to see a couple of doctors, which led to more doctors, which led to more doctors. And by the end, I had seen hundreds of doctors. And they had done CAT scans. They had done brain scans. They had done scan scans. And you know what they showed at the end of the day? What was that? Absolutely nothing. Mm. There was nothing wrong with any of those tests. Mm. So, you know, when a doctor finds nothing wrong, he does more tests and more tests mm. and more tests. <laughs> so I had every test known to man at that time. And at the end of it, there was still nothing wrong. So they mm. got together and they decided to send me to a world-class neurologist. Mm. Now, a neurologist is the brain guy. Mm. He's got all the answers to all these difficult questions so i walked in and i said hi <laughs> he said hi back but you better be sitting down when i tell you this i said why i've got a dropped right foot he said no you don't you have als lou mm. gehrig's disease he said get your affairs in order because in six months you're going to be dead I was taken aback. It was like he hit me. I, I said, is there a way to prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, on autopsy. Mm. You know, that's a crude thing for anybody to say. Yeah. A very crude thing to say. And, and I got mad. I said, I'm not going to die to prove you wrong. So the answer is, when you go through something like this, you mm. go through the phases of death and dying that mm. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote in her book on death and dying. You go through anger. You're angry mm. at the world. Why? Yeah. Because you've just been told you're going to die. So mm. you let all this anger explode inside of you. You go through bargaining. Oh God, please don't let this happen. I'll do mm. anything if you don't let this happen. You go through denial. There's nothing wrong. I can do anything. There's nothing. Mm. But I have a dropped right foot. And through all this, my right hand started not working properly. Mm. So I had to start using my left hand more. And I became totally left-handed, whereas before I was right-handed. And then you go through depression. Have you ever been depressed? Yes. Yes, I have. That's a terrible place to be in. It's what I call the black spot. You're... You can't sleep, you can't eat, you stare at the ceiling all day. Why? Because you're going to die anyhow. Why do anything? You know, I had seen people die of ALS and I knew how bad that was. So I wasn't going to let that happen. If I was going to die, I was going to commit suicide before that happened. Mm. And before I did that, I went to my wife and I said, dear, what do I have? She said, I haven't got the faintest idea, she said. 
but you're smart, you'll figure it out. I said, dear, I've seen hundreds of doctors, they couldn't figure it out. Mm. And she said, well, perhaps you haven't seen the right doctor yet. Mm -hmm. Now that was brilliant, but how do you see all the doctors in the world <laughs> when you've seen them all already? So, you know, back in 2003, something brand new was invented. You might've heard about it, Robert. It's called the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, that really was a beautiful thing. But mm. back in 2003, mm. to get onto it, you couldn't get on like you do now. No. You didn't have Dr. Google to help you. <laughs> no. you, know, you, you, you had a dial-on connection uh, where yeah. your phone went on a cradle and it went re-ah, re-ah, yep. re-ah for something like 15 minutes. And mm. finally, you were able to connect to someone on the other side. Yeah. Now, the beautiful thing about all this is I had friends that were nerds and they helped me navigate the internet. And we found a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado by the name of David Martz that had a story very similar to mine. Now, David was a wonderful man, but he got sick much more rapidly. And within weeks of his diagnosis, he was in his deathbed. Doctors from around the world were coming to say goodbye to David. They loved him so much. And a doctor came up from Texas and looked at David and said, David, there's something wrong with this picture. I don't think you have ALS. He said, what do I have? The guy from Texas said, I think you have chronic Lyme's disease. I think you've been bitten by a tick. And I think that tick has caused a disease that's mimicking uh, ALS. Well, David said, what do I do? And the doctor from Texas said, you need to do nothing. I'll start you on treatment. And if I'm right, I'll get you better. Now, David said, what do I have to lose? I'm dying. So mm. he started him on treatment. And a miracle happened. Like Lazarus, he arose from the dead. Mm. Within two weeks, he was back to his usual self. Now, David started a treatment center to help people with this weird disease. He called it the Rocky Mountain Chronic Disease Center. Now, I didn't know how to get in touch with it. I didn't know how to do it. So I phoned every hospital in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I got in touch with them at the Methodist Hospital. And there, uh, we talked and we talked for hours. And David invited me down to, to find out if I could help me. So I flew down. It was a great flight, except for the flight from Denver to Colorado Springs. <laughs> that was a rinky-dink puddle jumper. Mm. It was an awful flight. <laughs> it was like the drop of doom at Disneyland <laughs> over and over and over again. So after 15, 15 minutes of the flight, I crawled off, and there was David on the tarmac to meet mm. me. And there he was. He said, let's go talk. And he said... Dr. Leica, I think something miraculous is going to happen. I think history is repeating itself. So he started me on treatment. And that's how I was able to stay as a co top cosmetic doctor until 2019 when I walked away. Hmm. You know, that's, it's, you know, I just, it's just amazing. A lot of times, you know, just to have every doctor at that moment see you and say, and the last one being the world renowned to say you have ALS 
and your wife. You know, you know, every behind every well, they say beside every good man is a good wife. She says maybe you got the wrong diagnosis, and you go ahead and through the internet, the magic of the internet, as we know, can be magical. You found this place, and I find it, you know, hearing it, and it. I can't. I can't imagine. It seems easier. I'm, I'm not discrediting you. I'm just saying it's easier to hear the words, but I can't imagine the time you spent waiting on each thing, waiting to get connected to Rocky. I can't even imagine that. You know, it was a it was a difficult journey. I, I paraphrase the journey here, but yeah. it was an emotional roller coaster.、Mm. It was a terrible time in my life. But at the same time, there were no resources to help either, and I have to caution people about the internet. The internet is dangerous as well as miraculous. Yes. Just as many quacks are out there as there are people that are willing to help you. So the the listener has to be very careful about the the thing. I always say the internet is like the world's best library. But it's full of garbage cans, and you can't tell the garbage cans from the great resources that are there. Yeah, yeah, and it's just more inspiring、um, that you, you know, in a sense. And this is where this question propagates: navigating through misdiagnosis and not giving up is extremely hard. What kept you moving forward? I know, like you know, for me,、uh, if I hear everyone, I've been in. Through every scan and test, and they're saying,、um, you know,、um, you know, this is what it is, and get your as as tactless as that doctor was, it, 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 you know, you were seeing the effects. You always only using your left hand. It's like, so I find that inspiring. The internet, like you, you said, know, and, and I, I, you know, I was mortified through all of this. Remember,、yeah. I went through a great depression with all this. And I was very, very sad by all this as well. So, I, 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 I was really taken aback by many of the diagnoses and the things that were going on.、Mm-hmm. I don't blame the doctor for、mm-hmm. making a bad diagnosis. You know,、mm-hmm. a person can only know what they know. Yeah. And even now, in 2022,、mm-hmm. there are doctors who claim. That chronic Lyme's disease does not exist.、Mm-hmm. There are doctors that argue that. Now, I I find that interesting because we now have COVID disease and we now have chronic COVID disease,、mm-hmm. and no one is debating the fact that there's chronic COVID disease there. But、mm-hmm. there's people that debate the fact that chronic Lyme's disease exists. And why do you think that is? I'm just asking. Again, doctors. Are people that get locked in paradigms?、Mm-hmm. Doctors are not perfect. Doctors、mm-hmm. get locked in certain. And, and I like the analogy of four blind men、mm-hmm. examining an elephant.、Mm-hmm. Now, one blind man looks at the elephant and feels the trunk and says, "Wow, this is what an elephant is like." Another one examines the tail and says,、mm-hmm. "This is what the elephant's like." <laughs> <laughs> Another one examines a foot and says, "This is what it's like." And finally, one、uh, examines the body and says, "This is what it's like."、Mm. You know, all in all, doctors can only know what they know; they、yeah. cannot know what they do not know. Yeah, and and that's the difficulty we have with this. 
is is doctors are human like anybody else. Now, how did I know that there could be wrong diagnosis? Well, I was a dermatologist. Mm -hmm. And as a dermatologist, I learned the art of diagnosing depended on something called a differential diagnosis. Mm -hmm. When my teachers taught me to learn about skin disease, they always taught me to put a list of things down that a diagnosis could be. So, you know, when you're looking at a skin rash, you always have a favorite guess, but there's five or 10 other things that it could be. And Mm. those always go on your list as well. Mm. And, And that is the difficulty many doctors don't see is things are not black and white. They're mm-hmm. often a shade of gray. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I want to ask you, um, you know, as we're continuing on this, uh, this story, this inspiring story, what advice would you give, would you suggest to someone listening today who is struggling in the midst of confusion of finding appropriate help and navigating them in the care that may help move them yes, things forward? You know, I, I think they should go, and first of all, and get a second opinion yeah if that doesn't work get a third opinion Mm -hmm. because i think those things are very important remember Mm -hmm. i told you uh doctors can only know what they know they cannot know what they do not know Mm -hmm. so it's very important to to know that and and think of those things as well and find out something that might work for you and you know, this is the, you know, I, I look back at the start of COVID disease. Mm-hmm. Before COVID was first diagnosed, we didn't even think of that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yet it's one of the most commonly diagnosed diagnoses right now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the way life goes. New things always come along. And if a person is in something and has been died, keep on going, keep mm-hmm. on looking for things keep on finding somebody that might give you the diagnosis that might help you you know there's my wife has this one book uh it's untranslatable words in other countries and uh, i i use a word each time i usually mess up the pronunciation but in hindi it's jugad it says ensuring things happen even with minimal resources i feel sometimes um being uh, i say um able to sometimes especially in my line of work in the mental health field is that resources are like silos <laughs> they are not usually communicated well a lot of times and and resources are different there's tangible resources there's a lot of different kind of needs out there um and i feel uh, especially what you're sharing with us on you know this month is national wellness month for this this country and i feel it is it is important for us to know that we can get a second opinion. It's important for us to know that when it comes to health, it's not black and white. And sometimes when your story, I, f- I feel, at least for me, it inspires me to, you know, not only just um, to, to actually, when it comes to my health, if I'm having trouble or anything else, to dive a little bit deeper and a- ask her, you know, because... I, let me just say this way 
the situation might be complicated what you're going through your what diagnosis whatever you're feeling but the reason you're trying to get better is simple why we're trying to get the healing going a lot of times is simple i want to be better so i can feel better be better husband whatever chronic or whatever i'm dealing with whatever depression i try to find the help that i need any final thoughts dr allen on anything that you want to share with those listening what you're doing today um as we kind of wrap things up well i think one of the things i like to emphasize to people is it's not what happens to you it's what you do with what happens mm. you have to take a hundred percent responsibility for your health and your stuff you can't blame others for it you can't be a victim you have to be a victor and you yourself have to take responsibility for that mm. so please do that get off your couch start doing things that'll move you forward keep on going and you know if you need help and resources there's people out there that can help you you know i do offer some help in some people's way i no longer practice medicine but i do coaching i do help people in other ways so people can turn to me on the website at drallenlika.com d-r-a-l-l-e-n lyka l-y-c-k-a dot com and if i can be of any further assistance in that please let me know you know a lot of times uh, our environment plays a big role in this and i always say lately accountability is not a bad word when it's a safe place you know when we're when we don't have that idea that i have to be right the first time we understand that there is that that level of learning and growing and it's it's the and it's inspiring to hear just what you went through and where you are today dr allen i want to say thank you for coming on joining on this discussion and i will share the notes on uh, all the links to those who are listening will be in the notes so you can learn more about dr allen Leica and everything that he's doing Thank you again, Dr. Allen. It's wonderful to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. And if I can be of further assistance and service to your listeners, I, I would love to do so. And, you know, that, and um, like I said, um, I always feel I love the idea with, uh, with what I, with Revive Ministries, that we can continue these di- discussions. And I denote my success in the fact that I have the discussion continue. I really appreciate you being part of that, Dr. Allen. Okay. Okay. Bye for now. And again, people reach out for help. If you need help, remember to stay updated. Those who are listening to Revive through the various platforms, revive is our website. This is goodbye from Revive podcast, leaving me with this last quote. It's from Coretta Scott King. So the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members.